0: I'm going to be completely honest. I thought I had it all figured out. I thought that despite a few setbacks and not getting this up on Wednesday evening like I intended, that Thursday morning would be my shining moment. I finished up every last piece that I wanted to include for this podcast, and then I saw the news that the new Avengers trailer was out. So, the best laid plan of this mice or man was waylaid by that news. I thought I could put together a segment, I thought I should think about it, and then I had to get to work. Because work. And life. But the Avengers trailer isn't going to go away. And the speculation that comes with it is only going to grow. So I felt it was worth taking a little bit of time right before I posted this, to include it in the introduction. Because if you saw it, well, it already supports the number of claims that have been made earlier. I won't say how much earlier. But many have been made. And I think it's important to note that while this is a positive support, for some of those claims, it doesn't mean that they're all going to come true exactly as they've been suggested. And I point this out because there's actually been some issue with some major franchises like Star Wars, where a fan theory becomes so popular that when the movie doesn't adhere to it, there's this level of disappointment that is really difficult for a creative team to understand. I would know what that feels like because I'm part of a creative team and if that's the way that my work was received I'd be pretty upset about it and frustrated thinking that I had put what I felt was my best work forward to create a great story and to find out that someone else wanted it a different way and is mad at me for not knowing that or doing that or paying attention to online speculation or theory it's really difficult. It creates a a conflict that, well, many challenge as to whether or not it should be there. And only time will tell whether or not that ends up being true. But the speculation will continue. If you've seen the Avengers trailer, man, tell me what you thought. And if you haven't, well, I'm sure you will soon, because it's going to be like everywhere. But, this is the introduction for the weekly wrap. And we're going to go ahead and roll right into a lot of fun. The fact that GDC is coming, that I really enjoyed this segment on letters and the value they bring to educational material. The impact and experience of seeing Captain Marvel on its opening weekend. But I saw it the day after that. I don't know if that counts, but still saw it in the first three or four days it opened and still enjoying all of the, what I believed were great moments. I'm curious what you thought. I've also got an update about GDC 2019 starting up next week. And it, of course, parlays into a little bit of information about a project I'm working on because if you know anything about me, one of the things I enjoy talking about is the project that I have spent the last two years on and the team I've worked with on the game called Planet Rise. So enjoy listening to that, as well as a great segment about the authenticity you can gain from being lazy. And that's all I'm going to say about that. On the gaming side, to wrap things up, is a great sort of homage ...to Ninja Gaiden, or Gaiden, and Ninja Gaiden 2. And a great story that I enjoyed about how the messenger is continuing that story. If you can hear the helicopter flying over above, I don't know why it's there. I'm guessing it's because of traffic. I hope you understand. I need to get this out, so the helicopter noise is staying in. And to end this segment of the Weekly Wrap... Uh, Just an update that DCN Podcast, coming this Sunday after it records over the weekend, should be edited up Sunday, sometimes Monday. And while I won't be there, I recommend checking it out, and please subscribe if you haven't, because you'll then want to give them five stars, it just happens. You'll be listening to a great conversation with a rotating team that's always fun and always ready to talk about the newest news in DC Comics, movies, and... All forms of entertainment, to be honest. I don't know if there's anything we don't cover. But even though I won't be there, stick around for a teaser for what I will be doing. Probably starting next week. Also related to DC Comics News. Also a podcast. You'll have to listen all the way to the end to find out what it is. Thanks for joining me for this edition of the Weekly Wrap. Let's get right into it. And just a quick additional note, for those of you who enjoy the snarbling snorings of a French bulldog, for the earlier segments recorded earlier in the morning with my little buddy in my lap, that would be Bruno, the amazing French bulldog, and his soothing snores. Alright, enough interruptions. To the weekly wrap. And in the dark, in the cold and early of the morning... I'm going to start at the comics side with a bit from the Women Write About Comics website and an article by Wendy Brown on letters, focusing on Jill Gerber and the unsung heroes of comics in the classroom. Now, when it comes to using comics in the classroom, according to Gerber, letters and letterers are truly the unsung heroes. In fact, Gerber says that if she's working with ESL or younger students, she looks for clean lettering, with more white space, that makes reading easier and identification of letter forms simple. She then says, "Does the creator take advantage of the benefits of different dialogue balloons and emendata?" According to Gerber, she explicitly teaches terms like emanata because she believes it's important to learn the language of the medium for class discussions to move the class from superficial thinking and to move more into the critical thinking role when analyzing the language that ESL students are trying to master according to Gerber She's found that visual elements of comics greatly benefited ESL students and some students who uh, existed on the autism spectrum or that had pragmatic language deficits. And by maximizing the effects of dialogue and thought balloons, and sound effects, and facial expressions, comics creators help students learn to read social cues and emotions where traditional prose text requires some form of inference and vocabulary knowledge. There's plenty more detail and in-depth analysis of the role that lettering and, more importantly, letterers play a role in education and the benefit they have provided for those still working to master reading, writing, and the language that it's written in. And now we're going to take a quick break to pay some bills with this word from our sponsor. I was lucky enough to catch Captain Marvel in theaters, not quite over the weekend, but on Monday, and I really enjoyed it. I thought it opened with a great premise, which was challenging the main character Captain Marvel, Brie Larson, to control her power in order to prove that she had the strength or composure to wield it. And then it sets about challenging her as to whether or not that's actually the most responsible course of action. Now, because it's set up as a challenge, that's clearly one she doesn't want to follow in the opening scenes of the movie. It was enjoyable watching her break down that challenge so that by the time the film came to a resolution it was a rewarding experience to see and feel her embrace that power and choose to use it instead of prove to someone else that what was most important was that she could control it because they wanted or needed her to. And the thing I enjoyed the most about that is how it presented the question of why should you contain your power just to meet the approval of someone else? This is a very powerful message that I think can resonate with anyone, but having a strong female presence in the role of Captain Marvel someone who could demonstrate that and portray it in a way that felt authentic and in regards to the character certainly well earned it was necessary to demonstrate that as the Avengers Endgame movie eventually reveal. Changes are expected and are coming to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And perhaps one of the heralds of that is the arrival of Captain Marvel and what her story and the potential behind her powers means for this next stage. But beyond all those deep things, it was a great ride. And it offered up some other key changes to the Marvel comic book version of many of these characters that I have come to know and experience. For example, I remember the Skrulls being something very dangerous and malevolent and violent almost. Animalistic and predatory. And in this depiction, they are none of those things. They are refugees who have been at war with the Kree Empire, which is who Brie Larson is a part of when the movie begins. And the Kree Empire destroyed the homeworld of the Skrulls, turning them into refugees. And now they are accused of usurping and overtaking planets by infiltrating the population and then using that infiltration to undermine its authority and eventually uh, seize control of it. It's a rather insidious threat to consider. It's a new depiction of a concept that suggested in Winter Soldier with the idea of mercenaries who are so skilled they can destabilize a country within 24 hours. And in this case, the enemy depiction, the representation of the scrolls by the Kree, is that they can do the same thing to an entire planet. When Brie Larson, Captain Marvel... Is presented with a challenge to that idea and learns that her mentor, Marvell, had actually sacrificed her life in order to help bring about a new start for the Scroll and end their suffering. It changes not only the scope of understanding for who the Scroll are and what their future will be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe but it also created an opportunity for Brie Larson, Captain Marvel to begin making that choice and in this case that choice is to either believe what she's been told and told to believe or to trust what she sees and knows and to decide which is more important to her. And the movie does a great job of setting up these two opposing forces and watching a determined young woman meet them and then rise and overcome them. I thought it was a great ride. I loved All of the elements that were used to set up her character, her world, her environment, and then the challenges placed against it. And it was another very strong production from a Marvel studio company that I've come to respect, admire, and enjoy. And I hope you do too. And now we're going to take a quick break to pay some bills with this word from our sponsor. Next week, the 2019 Game Developers Conference will arrive in San Francisco, and the ranks of gamers, developers, creators, cosplayers, and more will swell the halls of the Moscone Center and its West Hall. I'll be there, working with my team for the game Planet Rise, and if you get a chance to say hi, stop by sign up for the mailing list and enjoy playing our demo if you have further questions i'll be around to answer them and if you can't get me in person we have a really great team extremely knowledgeable and i have every faith that they'll be able to make sure you know what we are what we're trying to do and that you'll have signed up by the time you walk away now one of the things that I got a kick out of is a recent story on Gamasutra that points to the official start of GDC, which is the registration <laughs> and pickup of passes and other documents on Monday. But something more of an unofficial start is GDC 101, which takes place on Tuesday, March 19th. The pitch is that whether it's your first time at GDC, or just the first time talking about your game, or doing something else new, this Crash Course is designed to show you how to get the most out of your experience by understanding the ins and outs, and everything from choosing sessions, how to effectively network, how to get around for certain events and the best ways to do it, and to help you keep in mind that GDC is a huge event. There's a lot to do, but if you have all the information in advance, you can make a plan to get the most out of it. Now I'll include the links where possible in the anchor liner notes, but I have noticed on a few occasions when I do post links that the links are not always live, meaning I'm attaching the link as a hyperlink But that later, if I double check and it's not available in that way, you're going to have difficulty finding where this is. Or how to instantly click and connect to what I'm talking about. So, I'll let you know right now. It's known as the GDC 101 course. The story that I saw it on was from Gamasutra or Gamasutra. And one of the other ways to find this course is to look for the GDC 2019 session scheduler, and that should be able to put you on the right track. I have no problem being forthcoming about the fact that it was GDC 2018 where I first even broached the idea of Recording a podcast or anything even resembling it to, in some way, capture my experience. GDC 2018 is the first time that I attended GDC, and it's also the first time that the team that I was working with, Planet Rise, presented our game for such a giant audience. It was a great opportunity to tell our story. And yet I knew it was going to be completely overwhelming. And I hoped that by at least connecting a microphone and trying to capture some thoughts that I would have begun a narrative about where this experience for me was currently at a milestone and how I could measure it against my plans to attend GDC this year in 2019 and what the future of the game would look like between then and now or that time when I was recording and an unknown future that I was hoping for. I've recorded those podcast clips and I posted them on my Anchor podcast. I think they make up the first three or four episodes and they're only a few minutes in length. But they are also part of a foundation. An early, somewhat humble and unsuspecting beginning to uh, a process that I believe has led us to here and hopefully will continue to grow but because beginnings are humble and also because I believe that it's important to remember just where we started and how far we've come I wanted to let you know that as we get closer to GDC if you want to get a taste of how I was (laughs) so impressively overcome, and yet still trying to attempt some form of art, give a gander to the first few episodes, and you'll catch a little bit about what I thought was my GDC experience, networking at GDC, and a few of the takeaways that are going to be with me. As I return to the excitement and the crowds this year. And before I move completely away from GDC, it comes to my attention that even though it feels to me like all I ever do is talk about Planet Rise, if you're only just now picking up this podcast for the weekly wrap, You might not have heard of it yet. You might not have heard my previous conversations with members of my team, our CEO and founder Jabari Ali, and other discussions that have spun out of my experience working on the game and experiences that I've had at events like GDC 2018 and the upcoming GDC 2019. With all that being said, Allow me to present Planet Rise in a nutshell. Planet Rise is a digital strategy card game that follows the footsteps of early success from games like League of Legends and Hearthstone. However, we felt that Planet Rise had an opportunity to take those concepts and build upon them by adding a comprehensive, and we believe compelling, campaign story that focuses on our main character, Nia, a very motivated, driven, and powerfully impressive young woman who finds herself torn between her obligations as a soldier in the Veridisian army and its order and what it means to defend her planet against an attack only to find herself on opposite sides of the conflict and facing her own sister, Amani. Now some of this is a byproduct of how their experiences growing up and their understandings about their relationship to the universe that they are a part of has led to their choices. But there are, are also some things going on behind the scenes. There is someone pulling the strings and manipulating the events to distract Veridicia from a larger threat at play. And the only person who so far is aware of that threat is a young investigator named Zolan who has been tracking this mysterious figure from the shadows and is appalled by the violent acts that have been committed in order to bring about this larger master plan. As I mentioned, this is a digital strategy card game that follows the footsteps of Stone and League of Legends, and yet at the same time, we believe it, our game, Planet Rise, separates itself from those games by providing not only a comprehensive campaign mode, but many other features that we feel make our game not only unique, but groundbreaking. And I'd love for the chance to share more with you when you stop by our table. But if we don't get a chance to see each other at GDC twenty nineteen, you can always visit Play Planet Rise dot com. To check out the game for yourself online, sign up for the mailing list and let me know if you think what i'm describing about the game is what you're seeing when you check us out we have a blog that discusses our process and some of our experiences and a trailer that will soon be available and by joining the mailing list you can become part of our beta card package So. I'll either see you at GDC 2019 or you can let me know about your experience when you visit the Play Planet Rise website and took a look at the game for yourself. I'll be curious to hear what you have to say. And now we're going to take a quick break to pay some bills with this word from our sponsor. Also looking ahead, I have to enjoy this story I found on Thought Catalog about authenticity and how it can be a really efficient approach to living or an efficient way to think about approaching living and interacting with others based on the idea that being authentic is actually the easiest thing to do. And the reason that the author, Jeremy Goldberg, points to this is that he doesn't actually... Well, he starts by saying that someone says, you look just like you do on Instagram. And he felt that that was a great compliment because it pointed to a desire on his part to be authentic. And his reasons for doing so are beyond high or noble ideas like truth or his value of it, but because he's lazy and that (laughs) he gives four points that illustrate how this lazy approach allows him to be not only authentic, but to feel and act authentically. And that one, when he's living authentically, there's just less to keep track of. He's not telling a bunch of, as he calls them, fibs or fables. Fun little alliteration there. But essentially there's just less to keep track of, less to try and remember, less variations on the original story if he just sticks to the original story. Uh, Toohey points out that people will be disappointed or upset or simply feel that... they're displeased and as far as he's concerned okay and whatever part he has to play in it is fine yet that doesn't actually either reflect on him or fall into his as the term has been used commonly wheelhouse of responsibility um... two more points number three he points to how much time and energy it takes to worry about either how he looks what somebody else said for example if I was really worried the garbage truck that just roared by would probably be a a big annoyance but if I'm not well there's just a lot less energy to put into that I like this part simply because it's something that I've embraced for a few years now and it's kept me from reacting negatively let alone reacting at all to things that used to get under my skin and irritate me until I felt that I had to respond, that the only responsible or normal thing to do was respond. But when I removed myself from the responsibility of it, especially if it was something that actually didn't really involve me, it was just the byproduct of having to interact with other people who, for whatever reason, are taking out their lives on others and using it when they interact with them once I remove that responsibility boy a lot easier and uh, I think I really enjoy number four it points to something that I've been talking with Tara with on our self uh, acceptance series and that's that there's only one person writing this article and as an original He's blessed. There's no other person that could ever be him, or as his friend puts it, no other person on this earth could ever take his job. So essentially, by being himself completely, he guarantees himself job security. No one can step in and fill his spot, because by being exactly who he is, he's irreplaceable. Now, he admits, and so will I, that this is something of an oversimplification of some really complex ideas, and I think when you dive deeper onto all of these different points, it's easy to single out contradictions or areas where this thinking doesn't jive, especially when it comes to situations where you actually do have to be responsible, or it's best for you and others when you are all that being said I agree with this blazy approach to responding certainly at least to reacting because while I know that it's easy to react it's easy to respond it's easy to let things get under my skin or to get riled up that doesn't mean I have to do the easy thing and if it's hard to resist, it does mean I have a decision where I can choose to do the easier thing, which is to not allow it to get under my skin and not allow it to irritate or aggravate or set me off. And I think as long as I'm keeping that in mind, I'm always going to, well, guarantee that I'm using my energy on the things that I want and not allowing it to be used by anyone or anything else. It won't work every time and there are times when it shouldn't, when I need to use all of my energy. But I'd like to know that I'm the one in control of deciding what those things are and how I'm going to respond instead of feeling like i need to wait for someone else to do something so that i can react or respond a little bit of a longer take at the end there but four great points about why doing this sort of lazy thing allows you to be as authentic as you can be and it prevents you from getting caught up in the negative storytelling that can occur when you're too busy focused on what it is you're trying to be instead of just being what you are now this one's just fun the story is on the playstation blog and it talks about how sabotage creative director Thierry Boulanger was eight years old and his grandfather gave him a copy of Ninja Gaiden 2, which I think is just huge. But the impact was more profound than probably anyone initially thought because 25 years later, it's Boulanger who is releasing The Messenger. It's a 16-bit Well, it's an 8-bit ninja platformer, and it becomes a 16-bit Metroid extravaganza. They call it a vania, but it didn't feel good rolling off my tongue. And it's not just a pet project. It earned the Game Award for the Best Debut Indie Game of 2018, and even the creators of Ninja Gaiden praised the project. It's a fun story. And I love this simple breakdown, which talks about how players take on the role of a young ninja who's tasked with carrying a magic squirrel across a cursed world in order to save his clan, which is besieged by a demon army. Sounds pretty straightforward. And the blog points out that while it seems that way on the surface, it quickly descends into... An amazing series of challenges. Uh, They rely on modern game design, clever writing, and very tight control. It's got a memorable cast of characters. And while many might compare it to platformers of the early 90s, it's still considered to be extremely difficult, especially because it offers 45 optional power seals to collect, as well as a unique New Game Plus system. Um, They also point to the idea that it was designed uh, with speedrunning and the speedrunning community in mind. And because of the attention it's received, it will be coming to PS4 on March 19th, which is just about, well, actually less than a week away from now. I'm sure I or someone else could say more about this fun idea, but maybe I'll just wait until we get it and play it. And then we can talk about it again. And a gentle reminder to your weekend podcast listening plans. If you're already a subscriber to DC Comics News, then the new episode it will simply arrive in your playlist feed. If you haven't, well, what are you waiting for? Head on over to DC Comics News, or pop on to your favorite platform like iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and more... Look for DC Comics News and subscribe. I've been lucky enough to attend the last three episodes, even guest-hosting the first of those three. This weekend, I'll be taking some time off while the gang gets together to introduce some new voices and do what they always do, talk, share, and maybe, maybe get into small arguments, maybe not, about upcoming comic book news. And while I won't be there for the group podcast, I do have a little teaser. I'm still working out the details, but starting next week, there's a strong chance that a spinner rack review will be available from DC Comics News and hosted by yours truly. I look forward to sharing more details with you next week when it's official and I can offer up a segment for that edition of The Weekly Wrap. And with all that in mind I'm going to step away and enjoy the rest of this beautiful weather that the Bay Area is enjoying after a lot of rain and look forward to the events of the weekend and catching up with you next week for the weekly wrap thanks as always for listening for subscribing, for sharing and supporting I can't do it without you so thank you again for listening and if you find yourself with an extra moment at the end of this recording and you feel like you've got the inspiration to share, subscribe, or just tell a friend, Well, thank you for that too. Thank you again for listening and supporting. You may not know, but every time you play an episode, I receive financial support whether it's from the ads that I'm now beginning to record, or if it is through uh, other sponsorship opportunities. If you want to provide support, you can always hit the support button somewhere on your player, usually right there on the uh, main screen where this podcast is showing, or by clicking on the support links, which will allow you to become a financial Donor, And you can always reach out to me and Anchor if you're interested in having my voice for your audio ad. But more than anything, it's every play and every listener that gives me the chance to keep coming back and provide you with the stories that I hope you want to hear and I'm always looking forward to share.